Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersina from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Welcome, everyone, to the Lawn and Garden Journal. If I have a little extra excitement in my voice, it's because I'm going to be a grandma again, I think within the day, or if not, the day pretty soon. So there's excitement. It's the regeneration. It's like plants. The next generation is coming and growing. And you know what? It is exciting from front to beginning. And not only is it exciting, is believe it or not, we're starting the new season here already. There's a change in the season. We see that fall is coming. Yes, the beautiful autumn colors are just going to be coming pretty soon. And, yeah, I was away for a little bit, and a pile high right on my desk here is everything for gardening 2023. Yes, it's just right around the corner for us, and we're preparing and planning, and our fingers are tickling as to see what the offerings are for 2023. So it's always the assessment of sort of, yeah, what's in my garden? What can I do? What do I see? What can I change? And, of course, it's the planning and it's the joy of creating new life. The one color that stands out, and I have to talk to you about some other plants, but the sunflower. I have the tiniest little sunflower in my garden. It was planted late. But uh, Ruby, Violet, and I have been watching it patiently grow. The bunny has not seen it yet, so we hope that the flowers are going to be coming a little bit later than usual because it seeded itself. But, oh, the sunflower, they are looking very pretty out there. So there's a little tribute to the sunflower. Oh, sunflower, the queen of all flowers, no other with you can compare. The roadside and the fields are made golden because of your bright presence there. Above all the weeds that surround you, you raise to the sun your bright head, embroidering beautiful landscapes. Your presence would leave brown and dead. Oh, the queen of the morning, you watch as the first ray of sun and salute the bright orb as it travels till the bright day of autumn is done. Though sickles may slay in the pasture, and the plowmen destroy the field, yet still will the corners and the byways the seed for the future years yield. Then sunflower, peep over the fences, and cover the hillsides with gold, and out in the cornfields, if tempted, again take thy claim as of old. Salute, too, and nod to the stranger who travels the dusty highway. He'll worship the sun crown you're wearing and love you for brightening his way. So, sunflower, grow tall in the meadow and spread to the breezes your arms, no matter if some do molest you and try to destroy on the farms. Let thy stock of the season still gather the sunbeams that come dancing by and then in September unfold them to dazzle the splendor with eye. Boy, those sunflowers are looking great. There's a lot of conversation that can be had today about our gardens. Everything from 
what are we going to do next for the next planting, the new growth, the new beginnings, or the excess moisture that we've had in some areas of our gardens. It's been a little bit of a trying week. So let's open the lines and go right back. I have Evelyn waiting. Good morning, Evelyn. Good morning, Carlisle. How can we help you this morning on the Lawn Garden Journal? Uh, I was given uh, a hydrangea root um, from a neighbor. And it's taken well, and I've had it for a couple of years now, but nobody seems to know what kind it is. It blooms white and then turns a light lime green. Oh, it could be lime. It could be limelight because there's and, it, and turning lime green could also be um, a condition that could be based on soil structure too, the soil content. Because with hydrangeas, um, they are acidic loving. Uh, plants so but we sometimes see that some of the true colors will change with the quality or the content of what your soil is so you could have one um, like little lime and lime like there's some that have the lime name in them like uh, little lime and uh, is one of them that comes up that has that little yellower more yellow green limey color that's to it okay blooms a beautiful white and this year they were fantastic the blossoms were about 10 inches across and is it a cone shaped one or is it a, a round shape sorry a macrophylla or a paniculata like there's round ball shaped <laughs> i have some people i want the round ball shaped one so that's what yeah, it's how, the rounder one yeah so um that is a, their very beginning one was called annabelle and uh it had the very ball shaped type style so I'm suspecting that it's probably that one. And I have to say, I was going to bring up hydrangeas in the morning talk anyway. So thank you for giving me that little preempt into it. Because if you look around, I don't know what it is, if it's that moisture content that we've had this year that's been consistent. But the hydrangea flowers, and I think I've been reiterating this in the last... uh, uh, two weeks that we've been here, Evelyn, is that the the hydrangeas are gorgeous right now, absolutely gorgeous, stunning and this year, absolutely. So there has to be something like I always think. Yes, we've had so much rain, and I I follow a few garden sites, and I've saw photos of some people that actually had standing water of eight inches in their garden, and so there's always the balance. There's the not so good things, but then I look at the beauty of what we get from the moisture that we have and i must say the hydrangeas wow um mine are just starting to come into a little bit of a bloom and it's just opening because they're a little bit later variety but i think this is the year that the sacrifice of taking some and putting them in the house as a big bouquet is going to be happening because they are just stunning and lush and full Mm -hmm. so yeah. Second and, part of my question sure. is how do I split this? Now, um, the largest bush or plant um, has sent shoots off to the side. Can I just dig those up? If they're rooted, you could try pulling it and doing a division by that. I know some people do a little bit of soft cuttings from the leaf set too as well if you wanted to venture in making your own little snippets from the top but if you have a uh, branch that's come from the bottom and you can do a split division you can try doing that yeah 
And what time of year would be best to do that? Well, if you're doing cuttings, I would be doing that in the earlier when it's softer. That's in here. Sometimes people are doing those uh, in June that we're doing that, late June, uh, early in the morning or later in the, when their temperatures are cooler is when you want to do that. But if you're going to be splitting and dividing and you have a rooting system with a substantial branching that you can see like a large clump of it, you could probably do that in the fall. Okay, then. Okay. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. And enjoy those hydrangeas. They oh, are absolutely stunning. They are gorgeous this year. They are. Well, enjoy this weekend. It's good. It looks like we're going to dry out a little bit here. Good. Oh, I forgot <laughs> to ask you. Uh, where are you calling from, Evelyn? Tolstoy. Tolstoy. Well, hello and good morning to everyone in Tolstoy. Thank you, Carla. You're welcome. Enjoy your day. It is a sunny day. We're going to dry out. We will be able to get into our gardens. But again, if it's really, really too wet, we don't want to add compaction to our soils. Maybe just work from the side off the lawn or off the sidewalk is a perfect space. And then you won't have to clean off those muddy boots, right? We're going to go right back to the lines. We have another caller. Kathy is waiting. Hi. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. Um, Good morning. Yes, I have a few questions, but uh, one is the suckers in my yard from my cherry trees, apple, plum. Uh, they're just coming up everywhere, and the street isn't far away. I, I, one day I expect the street to be lifted by all these suckers that are coming up. <laughs> How do I control them? You're basically going to cut them out. Um, it's probably the only way that you are going to get some of these going because the the natural habit of these trees are to sucker and, yeah. and it's kind of it's kind of like a battle and or you know a cha- well, instead of being a battle battle let's make it a challenge it is if an you, absolute if, challenge because it comes <laughs> the flower beds and before you know it they're a foot high yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's and if you cut one you may get a few more so um, yep. It is the habit of these trees, and a, a lot of times, too, we see some trees that start to sucker from the, the stock that they've been grafted onto. So what mm-hmm. we want to do is uh, remove those suckers. And the other thing that we're going to start to see is maybe with a lot of um, growth and with the moisture is we get a lot of water shoots that start, and they b- basically produce uh, on some shrubs. It looks like this new growth just going crazy like crazy so those water shoots can be cut out too at the same time okay yeah and the other thing is like i have an apple tree that was uh, tortured by the rabbits and they went right around it and to begin with i cut away the branches that were uh, totally white uh, peeled off the bark yeah. and uh, then one branch was uh, in spring was uh, showing out leaves and blooming, and there was apple setting, and now it is dying. Yeah. Is anyway, like now it has shoots lowered down by the graft and so on. Is it worth keeping that, or should I just have to get somebody to remove it? Well, it it depends on... I always take a look at the balance of the trees and what it's going to do. And you're not alone on this. Uh, I I myself have a tree that's like that. And uh, years ago, I had a pin cherry tree that was totally um, the same thing. The entire bark was eaten all the way around. And uh, it was a tree that my parents had given us when we bought the house. 
And I thought the year, I thought that the rabbit damage had, that's it. It's not going to do anything. Well, we have to remember that the importance of the season prior to the season, the new spring is when a plant takes up a, a lot of its energy to overwinter and then to perform the next year. So in essence, your tree may have been girdled all the way around the outside, but it already contained the energy from the previous year in there to, to, to merge to leaf and to flower and fruit. And just think of that. Think of the energy that is in there, the, the way that that action happens, because yeah. it gave you its last hurrah. And it probably flowered exceedingly, and it probably yeah. gave you as much fruit as it could because it was giving you its, it was giving you a sentimental. I've, I can't help you anymore, and I can't give you any more beauty. But this is what I'm going to give you. So, <laughs> you know, I think of it as that, right? And yeah. now, when you remove that limb, are you totally lopsided on your structure of that upper canopy, or are you? Um, you know, there's, there's a time there's factor. Just one stem then, and uh, I don't know if there would be any new shoots coming uh, above one foot of the uh, from the ground. Yeah, there's some well, by the ground, but um, I don't think they will. They're worth they, keeping. They wouldn't make yeah. a nice uh, structure. Yeah, it's it's probably telling you in my in my mind of not seeing the tree. I would probably say, Ed, you're probably not going to get the same tree that's on the bottom that's on the top. Right. Um, it's probably um, best to, I would probably say it's probably done its time. If it's a very older tree, it's probably done its time too as well. No, it's not. It's uh, It carried the last uh, four years probably. Beautiful. It's a prairie sensation. Beautiful yeah. apples. Yeah. And uh, it did very well, but it's not that old. And uh, it's not the age that <laughs> that killed it. It's the rabbits. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those rabbits are just, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I would probably say if it was me and if it was the younger one version of it, too, that uh, if you plant a newer tree, that, then you do have a catch-up cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and the other thing is <clears throat> asparagus. I, don't, I started to grow asparagus, but I don't really find enough information what to do about it. Like, so I haven't, uh, they're there for three years. I haven't picked any, none this year. And so now there's the fern there, but when next year I'll start, I would like to start picking. How they, they come out so pencil thin? Like how how do you get them thicker? Oh, that's yeah. You know what? Um, I think in the beginning it's basically the water content that you're wanting to get it in there. So it's actually giving it equal watering. Um, so that you can get the branches a little bit thicker that's on there. And oh. again, the maturity of your rooting system will help to get that thickening of your branches too as well, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes I find that the big, thicker ones aren't the tastiest ones at all either that are on that. Well, I I prefer them a little bit thicker, and I peel them, and the bottom part is tasting so much better to me than just the tops. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know what? Yes, it is. You know, I find that, well, maybe I'm thinking the very bottom portion of it is a little bit woodier that's on there. It is, but, but uh, if you peel it, it's it's wonderful. That's oh, what they really? do in Europe. They peel them all. Really? Yes. 
Well, you yeah. have just taught me something. Okay, you know what? With uh, All right, everyone take note of this because this is one of these cost-saving measures that you are just giving hints to to other uh, people who are listening with us because um, I myself would chop that lower portion off and sort of say, okay, you're going in the compost. So uh-uh. right now it's not going in the compost. We're going to do a little oh. bit of peeling and experimenting. And there are wonderful peelers around, asparagus uh, peelers. And like, <clears throat> excuse me, but in Europe they have, in, in May, all the restaurants are serving asparagus, but they have the white asparagus that comes from France that they have to heap uh, and put underneath on the ground to make stay it white. Yes. So uh, in May, <clears throat> all the restaurants in Zurich, for instance, and other cities, they will serve asparagus. It's be on their menu. You go there and you get asparagus. That's the thing. It's a it's a big feast. And they all they have they hire people just to come and peel the asparagus. Wow. You know and what? Yeah. It's you're making me kinda go, Okay, I want asparagus tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I no, know, it, I just that's where I love to uh, started to love asparagus. I I just love it. And uh we only have the green but it's it's okay. I got used to it. <laughs> Well, that's that's fine too, and I think that with the tendering, and it's some, it's very beneficial for us. Like it's so good, that's mm-hmm. all right. And even everything from um, lightly steaming to barbecuing, you know, I love mine with uh, olive oil and a little bit of chopped up garlic. That yep. Make, okay, yep. I'm very hungry. <laughs> coming to the garlic, you had somebody asking a question. If you take the scaphies off, yes, it will be get larger. With my experience this year. I did take some, then didn't get around to do all of them, and definitely I noticed that the heads from the ones that I had taken off early were bigger than the ones that I had not taken the the scapies off. Well, thank you as a reminder, because we are getting into that season where we want to start the energy going to a lot of our bulbs. (laughs) There might have been other factors involved with that, but that's my experience. The other thing is somebody walking by gave me a recipe of doing um, with the scaphies <laughs> that they actually are worth keeping and you make a, a, a pesto out of it. Oh, yeah, because even um, the chive, the I love the chive heads that are on there, the flowerets. Yeah. If you break those up, they're, they, they look beautiful in salad, beautiful in a salad portion of it. Oh, the whole the whole thing. Yeah, but you just purple the the purple flowerettes that, that yeah. are on there. So it's, you know what? It just telling us that um, from the bottoms of the asparagus to the tops of the onion flower, yeah. we're venturing into our next culinary aspect that we can actually start creating something and uh, thinking of what I would normally discard as, you know what? It's going to help me with my budgeting a little bit on my uh, purchases at the grocery store. There you go. Absolutely, uh, and, and like <laughs> I, other years I've thrown them away, but now I'm I'm thinking like, oh, why did they tell me so late? Because I've thrown a whole bunch out already. <laughs> I, you know what? Well, we're informing and letting people know a little bit of a a tip. And from when you had mentioned that this is what I do from experience, this is the perfect part of it because I always say we're growing together. We're learning and growing. And if you can learn and learn something new every day, you're going to keep your mind going and growing. And you're educating other people because some people may not have known about that, and now they know. No, I didn't know about it for years. 
Yeah. You know what? That's, it's sharing down history. It's what you do with things, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we all it know. It. Good learning experience, but uh, like now for next year, I will know what to do with them. But this year I had thrown a bunch out, but then I was able to uh, retrieve some of them and uh, absolutely use them. Pesto is lovely. Well, it sounds like it would be delicious. That's yeah, right. It is. Okay. All right. And where are you calling from? Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Well, Winnipeg it, is definitely sunny Winnipeg this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Enjoy the sun this afternoon and uh, have fun in the garden. Bye-bye. Everything from cooking to caring about apple trees. Yep, talking about those rascally rabbits. And I'm just even thinking with some of the alliums and the scapes that we have from your alliums and the, your garlic. Um, I just did a little uh, uh, tweak on my phone here. And the other thing that came up with uh, scapes, because you have me so interested in what to do with those, it was creating garlic oil and also compound butter with using the scapes to give that beautiful texture and taste. And I bet you the same things could be done with allium as well. So if you like that sort of garlicky taste, okay, everyone's got a big bread and then make garlic oil with compounded butter. And um, yeah, if we all have the garlic together, it'll be all fine. We're going to go right back to the lines. Kathy's waiting. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. Oh, Bobby. Sorry, Bobby's there. I had Kathy. Bobby, hi. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Bobby. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Good? I'm. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm good. I'm excited. I might be a grandma again today very shortly, so oh, it's good. Good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, Carla, I want to ask you, is it good to replant? I was in a hospital springtime. And I didn't have a chance to get in there, and it started raining and raining and all day and cold, and I just got out and the grass grew in, in the flowers, like peas and uh, fox. Is it good we plant it now or leave it for spring? No, actually, you know what? That's a really good question, Bobby, because as we start venturing into um, August and September, we act, we begin the what we what I like to call as the second gardening season. Uh, uh-huh. plant, planting can be done at any time now because historically uh, we used to uh, get trees in stock and we'd plant it and then sell it right away. But uh-huh. nowadays there are a lot of plants that are crop grown in containers. So it gives us the optimum, uh, the option of going spring or fall planting. And fall planting, Bobby, is beautiful because the ground is warm. So uh-huh. we, we see that in trend, we plant in the spring, we kind of enjoy and rest and maintain during the summer, but then uh-huh. we take we take action again and we're back in the garden in fall one of the benefits of planting in the fall is you get one cycle ahead on the next year's growth already in your garden. So, so, fall, so, that, means, so that means you could replant like peas and frogs now? Yes, you can plant them yeah. now. Yes, because uh-huh. they're going to take root and they uh-huh. will grow. And uh, you'll have the benefit of that first advantage growth again for the next year. All right? Yeah, well... Well, yeah, because I got a new location, it's all black, so I'll put there, I got a whole roll of beans, 14 plants, 
and uh, they're all callers. And I just had a chance to get in there, and the grass grew in there. So it's not that way it's hard to take out, and that way it's hard to take out. So my son takes out the whole thing, and then divide it again, and we pass it to the new location. Yeah, well, you know what? It sounds like you've got a little bit of work ahead of you before you can do some planting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you know what? It is a perfect time. And then at the same time when you're doing your fall planting, uh, we remember there is the uh, bulb, like our tulip bulbs or allium bulbs are going to be coming in daffodils. So that is uh-huh. the next season. That's the season of bulbs that pairs with our fall planting of perennials, trees, and shrubs. Okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so like, spring to April, bloom again? Like, for, for or, or yeah, we're going to add here. Like, Sorry? Like, for plants. Like, to blooming. Like, peonies. We have to wait over the bloom next year. Well, if you're planting the perennials now, most of the plants, if you're going to visit your garden centers, most of the plants already have bloomed in that category uh, because all the garden centers start their growing earlier. So you would be enjoying and benefiting of the blooms in the next year, not this current year. Although some people are planting, oh, the rutabacchias right now that are in bloom are beautiful. So you may venture to your garden centers and see some of the fall crops in bloom now because it gives you that little bit of stimulus of how gorgeous they look at that time. Mm-hmm. But there's first crops and secondary crops. So if you're looking for uh, the one that right now that stands out to me is the uh, Paroscova. It's a beautiful, uh-huh. a beautiful sage that is that uh, silver sage with a beautiful lavender flower that's on it. So take a look, venture through. So if you're looking at maybe adding some additions to your garden, it's the best time to get out to the garden centers and take a look at their crops of perennials, even trees and shrubs. There's a really nice selection of trees and shrubs that are out there, and there is time. There is lots of time because we haven't even started our fall regime of gardening. Okay? Because I have to do it like blocks. I just, they're all mushy and thick already, so I have to divide them already. So, so there's a too much in there, so that's why I couldn't get in there. So yeah. that's why I say if it's good to replant like peonies and blocks. Yeah, well, you know what? You, you have lots of time. Lots of time yeah. to do that. Okay. Well, yeah, because it's up a wet now. So now it will grow because it has the moisture in the ground. Yeah. Well, you have to, yeah, when you're digging your hole, you want to make sure that uh, for sure that there's a lot of moisture going through, especially for it to overwinter going into the winter. We always have to make sure that it's really moist before it ventures into that dormancy stage to go into the winter. But I'd say you. it sounds like you have a plan and you're going to do well making that plan and getting it done. Oh, yeah, I got a green town area, especially in springtime. I got a green town. My garden's everything all good this year, so, so okay. I had a good crop. Well, that's awesome. Well, we're going to let you go because it's a busy morning. They're telling me we've got a lineup of people, so I hope you have fun with the planting and the growing. And yeah. uh, I'll let us know how it all goes next spring when it's in bloom. Okay? Yeah, okay, thank all you, right. Carla. You're welcome. Thank you, Bobby. Bye-bye. It's And there's so much to talk about that's in there. I know Catherine's waiting, but planting season can go 
all the way through. Like a lot of the times too, we're planting, uh, we do large projects for big trees. It, it's harvesting and putting those in. So if you can garden, yes, why stop? If you enjoy it, it's your exercise, it's your health, and you're creating something beautiful. Let's go right to the lines. Kater, uh, Catherine, Katerina is waiting. Hi. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Uh, so just wanted to say I enjoy your show, and congratulations on being Thank a grandma. Thank you. Thank you. So um, anyways, uh, I called in because, well, for one, we've had a lot of mushrooms on our yard, but that's not the issue. I realize that they're from decomposing material underneath. But yesterday morning, I went out to make sure there's no mushrooms on the yard for my dogs to get at, and I saw all these patches of pink fuzz. I don't know how else to describe it, and they were patches. And I could go and pick them off, and it's almost like the fuzz dissolved, but the grass underneath the fuzz seemed to be turning brown, and it hadn't been like that the night before. So I'm just yeah. curious as to what would be that, because it didn't look like a mushroom or anything like that. Yeah, it's probably an algae that's growing uh, in certain areas where we have, um, in certain areas where we see that there's a high incidence of moisture content, you'll start to see uh, starts of molds and maybe some algaes growing. In some instances, if you're not getting the mushrooms, uh, in some areas, I've actually seen where it looks kind of like someone has dumped this gelatinous goo all over the ground. So yeah. those are, yeah, it's almost like this fungal spores and this algae that goes. And we it's perfect for it because A, high moisture content, high humidity. It's the mm-hmm. perfect scenario for molds and all that kind of stuff. We start, we're even starting to see it uh, with people coming in and asking uh, powdery mildew on roses, uh, powdery mildew mm-hmm. also on a lot of the nine barks that are happening. Yeah. So you're getting the, this little bit of a powdery mildew and black spot that's happening. So it also happens in uh, areas where it's, uh, is it in the shadier area too as well? Um, well, it's shady in the morning, but then yeah. by afternoon it's in the sun. Yeah. It's on the west side of my house. Yeah. Well, we know that... Um, There's different types that will bloom at different scenarios. I know that, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, our pools are a classic example. If they get a lot of sunlight, if we don't uh, treat them, uh, they go kind of a greenish tone to them until we can get control back to them. So I suspect that it's a little bit of the algae that's on there. If you're um, that, I don't know if it would be poisonous to your pup, but I would probably take a skimmer shovel and skim it up as well. Okay. Uh, just just to take away the curiosity of um, it's there. And also if pup maybe runs through it and picks up spores and drops it somewhere else, it may could be a continuance of where it can uh, radiate too. So right. uh, if the area is really uh, wet, one of the calls to action um, that I was actually going to preempt to is because there's a lot of moisture that's in the ground is if we can get a little bit of a pitchfork, if you're working off of the sidewalk or the grass, it's kind of nice to get a little bit of a pitchfork to help lift some of the soil that's maybe been compacted by this Uh moisture to get some air in there. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, rather than walking in the garden, if you can work from the side, if it's very wet, because compaction is not good, is get a pitchfork, rock it back and forth, go down a little bit so it's opening up air holes so that, A, Mm -hmm. we can get some air in there so things dry out a little bit quicker. Um, If some areas of the gardens, if they're holding moisture, see if you can do a little bit of a trough 
and create a trough line so it takes the water away to maybe the edging of the garden so it helps to keep them going as well, okay? Yeah. Okay, so I've got one other quick question, and that is about the aphids. Um, Like, I had planted tons of milkweed this year for the butterflies, and honestly, like, I got no butterflies. Um, So I was kind of disappointed in that, but uh, that was the other thing that on Thursday morning I noticed is that my my flowers, like my milkweed, was covered from top to bottom with these orange aphids. And it's yeah. like they just appeared overnight. And it's like, oh, my goodness, what can I do? Yeah, well, like you I, can, I have yeah. them away. But. You're, not, you're not the only one. I've seen a few correspondences, and we've had a few um, conversations with people here, too, to as well, that they look like your stems have actually turned completely red. And um, they're just attached on there nicely. So I always like to use the blast-off theory of blasting it off with water first to see if I can get that there. And then if you have any garden endol or, um, you know, that's in there, uh, garden endol or garden trounce would be the first measure that I would go to first. But it is a contact spray, so if if you blast them off with the water first, whatever is left, um... It, you have to spray and get that bug for that medium to be effective on it, okay? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you might. might you might see a cycle, so you might have to do it a few days because the aphids, again, the aphid population loves the humidity and it loves areas where there's less wind, pr- very protected areas, just, mm-hmm. like, just like the powdery mildew. They mm-hmm. usually target areas where we do not have that um, open air circulation, Right. If it's mm-hmm. in a tucked corner of the yard and I've got this beautiful nine bark, uh, we need to either open up some of the branches or get some movement happening in there or take right. action. Um, if And just a little shout out, if people are seeing that they have powdery mildew on certain areas, uh, get some Safer's Defender. Um, I think it's the garden fungicide that's out through there. There's also a three in one spray that will help you with your black spot and your mildew. OK. OK. Sounds All right. Good. Okay, Thank have you, fun Carla. in the garden. You're welcome. You Bye. 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 And you know what? We're going to quickly, there's uh, people lined up here. We're going to go to Elvira. Hi, Elvira. How are you? Good morning. We're just going to wait a minute there. We'll do the connection to Elvira. But moisture has been a, a struggle within there. And the hail damage and a lot of the moisture, has uh, heavy rains have knocked a lot of the flowers over. So if there's sustenance or new buds that are coming, let's give them a little bit of support. We'll be out there with the plant support. And Elvira is back again. Hi, good morning. Oh, I think uh, we lost her here again. But let's just keep going with our conversation. So if you have planters, now check your planters too as well because A, there's a lot of moisture and if you do not have drainage in those containers you may have to give them a little bit of a tip to pour off some of that extra moisture that's on the bottom i know because it's from experience i have one container that i i love to use because it's a little decorative and you know foo foo so i know that i have to tip it over drain off some of that extra uh moisture that's sitting in the bottom because we know we just created a little bit of a soup bowl I want to give a little shout out before we're getting close to exiting here. Um, When I said that we're starting 2023, we venture, and I had the 
wonderful pleasure of going out to Jeffrey's Nursery and touring through some of their plant fields and visiting with Wilbur and Sharon and Shauna out there. The hospitality was wonderful and it gives us a stimulus to see the production of plants open in fields, how they produce. And wow, I have to say I have loved hydrangeas. I love them even more. So I'm going to say watch out for the hydrangeas that we're going to be bringing in next year because the the colors, the textures. And I was truly inspired by their performance of a lot of them. Uh, Brussels lace, diamond rouge, uh, tickled pink I know we've had before, white diamonds. And uh, did I mention polar bear? These are all hydrangeas that are just stunning, that are beautiful. And a little bit of a foliage plant that's in there, if you're marking it down or listening or want to uh, sign into the podcast afterwards and look at, listen to it again, is a sage leaf willow iceberg alley. I truly think that this is a beautiful combination. So just before we um, come back, there's a little bit of a hint. It's ode to a hydrangea. Misunderstood little moped, they call her the changing rose. Her color comes from the soil with acidity in which she grows. Water in her name, water in her veins, blue, Azorian stranger, nothing rhymes with hydrangea. That's a cute little one. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal. Think about the garden. Think about the new beginnings. We'll be back again next week on the Lawn and Garden Journal. Bye-bye, everyone.